Okay, so we are back now. Um, turns out, when I was talking about uh, the, the technology I'm using for these uh, these current broadcasts, because I do change, sometimes I'm uh, I'm broadcasting on the Spreaker app, uh, the, the studio app from the phone. Sometimes I'm using my Zoom, and not the Zoom. It's got, as far as I know, it's got nothing to do with the um, the thing people use for video conferencing. It's uh, just a Zoom Handy Recorder H1, which I've I've used for a long time, about three years now. And uh, as far as I know, there's no connection. There may be a connection, but it's it's just called Zoom. And this, which is uh, a blue snowball, but it's black. If that makes any sense. So it's it's got a big blue uh, logo thing on it. It's a snowball microphone. <laughs> Pardon me, I knew I was going to cough there at some point. <laughs> I think I'm breathing in too much oxygen. Um, but actually, it's um, it's uh, the colour is black, but it's called a snowball. Does that make any sense? I have no idea what I'm talking about here, so I'm going to move on. And we're talking about research and the next phase of my research, which... Um, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to provide an audio, sort of like an audio commentary, really, um, for each of the um, the posts on the website, and and we're doing it sort of as a blog because it's going to continue and continue. So rather than doing fixed pages, um, I'm trying to roll the info that I I publish out uh, in blogs. And I'm going back in and, and adding audio later on. So I posted uh, yesterday about phase two of the research project. So my original dissertation, with all of its uh, strictness, uh, the, the, because it was, it was quite strict and uh, you know, word limitations and everything, a lot of the material I had had to just be disposed of in an academic sense. I mean, I've still got all the raw data and everything, but uh, a lot of my research had to be edited out just because of the, uh, I think it was a 12,000 word dissertation. So it was fed into the university essay repository known as Turnitin and probably never seen again. I do not have the uh, the ethical consent from participants to publish it online somewhere. Nor do I have um, so so if I strip out all of the things that people said the respondents and the questionnaires, um, I'd have to redact all of that, and, mo- and half of the dissertation would be gone. So I have to sort of get consent again. Um, so for now, all I can do is take snippets and put it onto the website. Now, due to privacy laws, the only way I will be able to publish the document in full is if I get written permission from every single contributor, which would be a Herculean task I've written in this blog. In fact, many of those who declined to speak with me for this research did so on the grounds that they believed the ethical guidelines I was following were far too rigid and they made the process too anonymous. So some people wanted to speak, but thought, what's the point? If uh, if you're only going to put this into a dissertation, submit it to the university, and no one ever gets to see it except you and, and a few people at the university, well, what's the point? 
So a lot of people were put off because of those very strict ethical guidelines. At the same time, I made promises. I promised people who wanted anonymity that they would always have anonymity. So in the end, it's only the people who who gave permission. Uh, Because even people who were anonymous, I still promised them that um, I would not publish the uh, the data without going back and asking again. So, so we are in this prop, uh, this sort of problem area, and of course, people who who will not give consent—that's it. I can't, you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't force people to give consent if they didn't give consent the first time. So, a lot of that data really has just disappeared, and people may have given different answers if they'd known that eventually. I would come back and, uh, obviously, not put pressure on them, but you'd come back and and ask, uh, would you reconsider? So there's nothing we can do with with, with some of that data. It's it's sort of lost, and I can go back to the people and try to sort of um, ask 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 people to you know to to give new answers or something. But but really, uh, you know, we are where we are. And, and and this is the what I call the nightmare of the of the ethical guidelines, um, just trying to make sense of of the the guidelines, but also you know protecting myself as a researcher, protecting the university, protecting the contributor, and of course trying to make sense of the consequences of that. And, and the main consequences being that I know what people said, and my supervisor knows, uh, but really nobody else does. And again, this this is partially why I've set up this project to give those who want to to go public and talk about TVC to give them an opportunity to to do so because there are lots of um, online groups, a lot of private groups of former TVC workers who simply um, like to to chat about everything, but um, in private. So. Um, the idea of what I'm doing here is is to try to sort of set up something which will be public. So I've I've written in the blog that um, sort of people were upset that that the whole thing was too rigid. You know, what's the point in me spending an hour filling in a questionnaire um, if you're going to take the data? And put it into a, an essay, but but no one's going to see it. It it's like the philosophical question, isn't it? If the window breaks, and there's no one there to hear it, <laughs> in a forest or wherever, in in Hammersmith Park, maybe. Yeah, um, that is my my favourite park in all of London. So I hope the phase two of my research project I've written. Uh, recording audio, video interviews will be more appealing for those potential contributors. And finally, if by the 1990s approximately 6,000 people worked at TVC at one time, there must have been uh, there must be thousands of people who worked there over the years, and just as many who who passed uh, through the gates or sat in Hammersmith Park, wouldn't like like I've often done, wondering what was going on inside. Philip Schofield can't have been the only person who sat in that park eating his lunch, as he once uh, said that he did 
I'm guessing, before he was famous. So the potential for this research project is very encouraging.